This is the Greenhouse Podcast, and I'm your host, Steve Perkins. I'm a leadership, career, and business coach, and the founder of Greenhouse, a company that helps people and teams grow and figure out what's next. This podcast is for leaders, entrepreneurs, creatives, and seekers. Myself and our curated team of guests are here to give you tips and share thoughts and have meaningful conversations about topics in career and life, because we believe that with the right tools, you can find a more fulfilling and impactful life. On today's podcast, I'm back with Tommy Thompson talking about how to be an adult without growing up over to today's episode. Tommy, I'm really excited about this topic because I don't actually know what it's about. Can you tell me what it's about? (laughs) What are we talking about today? (laughs) Uh, So the topic is how to be an adult without growing up. And it's a, a series that I actually found in some notes that I made a while back. And I think it's because it's been a topic that's always been, for me, almost part of my identity is obviously needing to be an adult because I'm of age that I need to be an adult, but not wanting to always act like an adult, wanting mm-hmm. to live live younger than whatever my particular age is. So it's it's been kind of part of my identity. And I think the story that captures the way I think about this is going way back to my seminary days, which is, you know, early 20s when I was uh, in seminary. Not everyone who knows you knows this. This Oh, I know. It's a bit of a hidden fact. Yeah. So this is a little different. So I was in this uh, class that was kind of an introspective counseling class, and the professor's name was Tom, and we would go around and kind of psychoanalyze everybody in the uh-huh. class. So so my time came around to be psychoanalyzed and Tom, the professor, looked at me and he said, Tommy, one day when you grow up, you'll be a Tom. And <laughs> was that supposed to be aspirational or I think it was supposed to be this aha moment where I realized, oh, I'm such a child and I want to become an adult. <laughs> well it had the exact opposite effect on me. Uh-huh. I listened to that and I respectfully kind of looked him in the eye and thought internally, I didn't say it, Tom, I will never be a Tom. I am always <laughs> going to be a Tommy. And that's part of, it was kind of part of that crystallizing of, I don't want to be a Tom. I don't want to be a an old, stodgy, boring adult as I viewed it then. And uh-huh. so it's always kind of been part of my persona and identity that I want to figure out how can I be an adult in terms of being someone that's responsible and accomplishes and achieves things, but not act like an adult. Yeah. You know, so so I think that was the genesis of this idea of how to be an adult without growing up. <laughs> I love in the story, though, how it's so, such an intense moment. I'm like seeing the movie preview, you know, with the, <sighs> the guy's deep voice. It's like really intimidating and scary. Like, Oh, I, I totally wanted to throw up. It was just like, you know, this just doesn't, you know, no, never, never. But it's just I, all about like your name. But I never, <laughs> but I never said a word. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's kind of funny how, yeah, it seems a little bit trivial, but I, but I get it. There's something about that that was really memorable because it was a moment of thinking, oh, I never want to become. That's that. not who I am. Yeah. It's not who I want to be. So huh. it was it was that strong. I mean, uh, it, it 
was an arresting moment of defining who I want to be and who I don't want to be. So you still go by Tommy. Have there been times where people have tried to push you towards Tom? Uh, there, not so much push me towards Tom, although uh, occasionally people will immediately assume it's Tom and not Tommy and uh, call me that. And, yeah. and I'll often try to gently correct that. No, <laughs> I, it's actually Tommy. You actually stop them and tell them this whole story. Like, actually, um, my life. I'll never has been be a very Tom. Very intentional. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. But people are sometimes surprised. It's like, Tommy, that's really young. You yeah. Know? Uh, but it's, you know, hopefully who I am. I like, though, how it's um, it's almost a little reminder that happens all day long, every day. Yeah. And yeah. a reminder of that kind of goal or, or perspective in life. Yeah. And I do think this is, although a bit of a funny title or topic, it's also a really important one because this is about how we can grow up and stay young, right? It tends yes. to be you're either, okay, I got to grow up, be responsible, have the checklist, like become really boring, really outdated, or like I never want to grow up and and then never becoming responsible for your life and people in your life. Exactly. It, it's not an either or, it's a both and. And I think that's what I love is very intentionally I've done specific things to try to make it a both and to to be an effective adult, to be responsible and things like that, but to live young yeah. in some particular ways. This idea of staying young while you're growing up is obviously an interesting topic, but for you, why, why is it something that's so important to you? Uh, there, there are probably a couple reasons, and those reasons have evolved over time. One is that I like being young. I like having fun. I was the youngest child. I loved that freedom mm -hmm. that came along with being young and not always feeling weighed down. And so early on, I said, I want to stay on the young side of who I am. What's interesting is as I've grown older to where my years aren't young anymore, uh -huh. it's become all that much more important. So I've crossed 60 now. How important it is for me to be able to live more like 40 times even 30 uh -huh. or 50 or whatever, it's, it's kept a freshness to life that I think is so easy for, for people to lose in the just the the doldrums and the the stress of life. So early on, it was I wanted to be that way. And then as time evolved, I went, this is the best way to live life. Huh. This is a way to keep fresh. This is a way to keep optimistic. This is, you know, yeah. these various things. So early on, it was a thought and and part of an identity. And now as time has gone by, it's become even that much more important to living well. Huh. That's really interesting. And from from my point of view, in terms of, you know, age and stage in life, I've had a couple of thoughts that I think it also, it can help you stay more resilient in life, 
with the challenges and the realities of life that come along. You kind of mentioned that, but I think there's something about having a lightness and having a a fun and a laughter to your life that actually helps with the hard parts. And it also helps you have continue to have an impact in others' lives, especially younger people, because you think about when you're growing up and maybe it's your grandparents or, you know, some kind of figures in your life who are quite a bit older than you. And if they have just kind of morphed into that, you know, where life tends to drag us into that kind of cynical, you know, maybe not so full of life anymore they don't you don't want to be around them right and 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 so then that decreases their ability to really kind of impact their lives and be involved and pass on wisdom so i feel like there's there is almost like some other benefits that you don't even see to just staying kind of light the other thing i've seen is that uh the seasons of life uh age us so mm. when we're in our 20s we're first entering into adulthood and we think we're supposed to act older. Yeah. Uh, and that ages us. Then we perhaps get married and have kids. Well, now that ages us. And we think there's a way that parents and adults work. Mm-hmm. So that tends to age us. Then we get a little bit later and now we're, you know, middle-ish age and we think, there's a way to act. And then you even move later. So every season tends to uh, draw us into being older and more staid. And that's what I want to push against. Yeah. That yeah. as a parent, you're supposed to have fun with your kids. Right. Not yeah. just always be hard and disciplining and thinking about all that. As you get older, you're supposed to find fun adventures in life. So uh, it, it's it's resisting this natural pull hmm. that life has to aging us prematurely, I think. I love that idea of resisting the natural pull because it is kind of the natural tendency. And if you're, if you're not thinking about it or making any effort, you'll just kind of go that way. Right. And, you know, I... I think about what if we were just confident in our age bracket and full of life and just be in that and the beauty that brings. Why are we always trying to be something different? And that was actually a challenge for me growing up. Uh I was a Tommy. (laughs) I was the youngest child. And for years, I I looked, you know, a lot younger than my age. So Uh people, you know, when I was in my later 20s, still thought I was in high school or college. And so there was all of this tendency to want to act older than my age. So it took that kind of conscious pushing against that and saying, no, this is, this is, I'm, I'm content with who I am. I want to be young. I want to have that freshness. Yeah. It's interesting. An example of how this can play out. I've, I've noticed and been thinking a lot lately about maybe the joke or the common phrase is like, as you get older, you watch more and more local news (laughs) and local news just gets sadder and sadder. And it's always just kind of bringing you down and talking about the worst things going on, you know? Right. And kind of juxtaposing that next to sometimes my wife and I still love to watch SNL. (laughs) And SNL has this amazing way, no matter what you think about the show, I, I think they're, they're incredibly gifted and talented at taking stuff that's very emotionally charged or difficult or sad and still finding ways to like be light and laugh and without disrespecting and you know sometimes the lines can get blurred but it's just amazed me it's it's amazed me how 
wait a minute, even when something's really hard, why would we laugh at that? And I've heard some interviews with people from that show saying, well, it's important to stay alive and stay positive and moving forward, that we can laugh and that we can kind of rise above the challenges. Well, and and I imagine when you and Ashley watch SNL, that you come out of it with some kind of little subtle sense of, this is really good. This is healthy. I feel better. You know, uh, it's it's a good feeling to relax and enjoy life. And, you know, we're so wired to be serious that we need those pushes. And that's that's a lot of what these ideas are about. OK, well, let's dive into some of them. We have 12 tips we want to talk about today. Yeah, so we obviously won't go into a whole lot of depth. This isn't going to be a Joe Rogan three-hour podcast. <laughs> so, you know, don't necessarily want to kind of go real deeply. And But there are some specific ideas, and I think it's important to take it beyond a concept. Because if it's just a concept, we we lose it, you know, really easily. But if we have some specific practices that we do, then we can, in essence, build it into the reality of our lives Mm -hmm. with it. So, yeah, so I have a a bunch of different, you know, specific tips that I can offer and people can kind of embrace the totality of it or two or three or put them into practice however they want. So the first one is one that we hear a lot about and maybe there's a little bit of resistance. It's find your passion. Uh And as an adult, we often think we're supposed to make our budgets and make progress. But we do that sometimes at the expense of our passion. And finding your passion is not always easy, but I think it's really important. That's where the real stuff of life happens is when we find and live into our passion, whether it's in our job or to the side of our job, that if we don't have something that we're passionate about, then we are likely to just grow old. One way I've found that can be helpful with this to still be an adult with your budgets and your plans and your to-do lists and all the stuff that you need to do to be a good, responsible adult, but also thinking about your passion. How do you balance that? And I found a helpful way is to have a friend or two where that's kind of what you talk about. Yeah. Like have somebody in your life where you just kind of know, like that's the thing we're going to talk about. We're not going to get pulled into all the stuff we're, quote unquote, supposed to be talking about right now and all the difficulties. Absolutely. There's a verse in the Bible, actually, where the older Apostle Paul is talking to his mentee, Timothy. And I love the way he phrases it. He says, fan the flame that is within you. You know, and I, I love that kind of that image of don't don't just go through the days, you know, but fan the flame that's within you. It has a very active tone to it. It's like I'm actively doing something to develop it. Yeah. So the the second one that I have is to invest your life in something that is bigger than you, that captures your passion. So if if our life is just about having fun, you know, my passion, I have a passion for golf. If I play golf all the time and I've gone through stages where I play a whole lot of golf, it's not too far down the line that that has a certain emptiness to it. If I'm not 
curbing my passions and the things that I care about to something that's bigger than me, that's something that's more important than me, then in the end, it'll peter out, so to speak. So part of even staying young is giving your life for something that's bigger than you. Hmm. That can look a whole lot of different ways. Again, it does. it's not critical that that be your job. Uh-huh. It might be something that you do in the community or in your church or just in caring for some people. So there are lots of different ways, but it needs to be more than about you. If it's yeah. about you, then it really won't last. That's interesting. How have you seen that that one can uh, kind of keep you young? I guess that that part of what we're talking about as you're getting older, what about it kind of keeps things fresh or more alive? I think in the end, it's important that your life have meaning and that you see that your life has meaning. If I were to take a three-month-long vacation, I think there would be a point where I would I would say, I want more than this. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to find the intersection, as as you talk about constantly in Greenhouse, between passion and meaning and purpose. And so finding meaning is a way of giving substance to passion. Mm, yeah. I'm finding such incredible joy in having an actually growing, accelerating purpose as I move into the later years. Yeah. Well, that kind of starts to bleed into the next one around investing in people who are younger than yourself. And that's something that I have intentionally done all my life, whether it's mentoring younger men, leading small groups of younger people, intentionally kind of having groups of younger friends. It's always been something uh, that I just know I enjoy. Yeah, Uh, It adds so much to life to be investing in younger people. And it's a really comfortable, safe thing to spend all of your time with people your own age. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I know a lot of people that do that, but I think they're missing something, Yeah, you know, by not spending time with people that are younger than them. And it's not a hard thing to do. It's incredibly fun to spend time with people that are younger than you. And so, you know, part of the joys of uh, being a life coach and an executive coach is that ability to cross a lot of generations. So the fact that I can still spend time with people in their 20s and enjoy that, it's just great. Yeah, we're both so passionate about this one. And I, I feel like we could do three full podcasts on why this matters. But it is true that the reality is it, it can be hard to be friends with and hang out consistently with people where you don't have a whole lot of life circumstances in common. It is just hard. Right. You want to relate to people who have the same kind of stuff going on. And so I do think that category of mentoring or whatever you want to call it, just some kind of intentional relationship, it can almost be this helpful, like separate bucket to say, well, this is what gives me permission to be friends with Tommy, even though he's not in the exact same life stage as me. Exactly. It For a lot of people, you really may not need a whole lot of, you know, 10 reasons why this is important. <laughs> yeah. you, you might just see this and go, 
yeah, you know, this would be a good thing to do. I, I'm going to do it. You know, and you just practice it and you find out its truth by doing it mm -hmm. rather than being convinced of it. Well, that is similar to our fourth thing here, which is not just investing in people younger than yourself, but learn from those who are older than yourself. And this is counterintuitive, but I find that there is a richness and a breadth of life by crossing generations. And so by choosing also to spend time with people older than yourself, almost being in their presence forces you to be young or to acknowledge that you're still not that old, so to speak. But it also brings some depth and some richness as you spend time sometimes just caring for people who are a little older, who their life circumstances may not be as easy or whatever. But it's almost a counterintuitive way that makes me aware that, well, I'm still I've still got years ahead of me. Right. So it, it's a uh, almost a backwards way of staying young. And you and I have talked openly about this with each other. There's so right. much benefit in me learning from your experience and you learning from mine. And we bring different perspectives and skills to the table. Well, and one of the things that I, I know I've heard, two things. One, that, well, they're not going to want to spend time with me. Uh -huh. You know, they're... They're further down the road. Why would they want to spend time with me? The offset to that is I've never asked anybody older whether they would spend time with me that they haven't relished the idea of it. Yeah. So people want to give. You know, when, when you ask, you know, uh, would you be willing to spend some time with me? I can't think of an instance that I've ever said <laughs> no to that. Yeah. Um, certainly not because they're young and not worth my time. It makes me younger. So right. it works. So it, it may not be comfortable to do, but it's it's one of those places that's worth pushing through. <laughs> I just had this yesterday. I messaged a business leader who I wanted to get some mentoring and advice from and asked Hey, what's your what's your rate for doing this? And he responded back and it was on Instagram direct messages. And so I, I don't know the tone in his voice, but I'm guessing here that he was almost like appalled and angry that I asked. He goes, rate? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And to him, you know, then we talked a little more and it was like, no, I he was essentially saying, like, I always invest in mentoring younger people like that has to be part of my life. And Absolutely. it was such an inspiration. It was kind of an inspirational little moment to see somebody so clear on its importance and so invested that it would be almost offensive that someone would ask, like, what is your rate? <laughs> well, anybody you would want to meet with, the very nature of them is they would want to meet with you. That's a good point. You yeah. know, so it, it goes both ways. So, <laughs> yeah. so give that a try. Okay. The next one is a, a real basic one, but it's one that, that I try to give a lot of attention to. It's take care of your body. And I think about it of beating the clock. You know, mm -hmm. I, I want to, I am getting older. I can tell, I can tell it with my body, but I always want to be pushing. I want to push against the clock, not to deny that I'm getting older, not to deny that I have to pay attention to limits and things, but I always want to push the clock. I always want to push and try to be healthier than my age. And so there's an intentionality to that. And it's very important because if you don't give attention to that, your body will beat your intentions. Yeah. And I mean, I think this is the obvious one we all know, but don't always act on as much. 
But something to me about it that's inspiring or, or motivating, I guess, is to think about all the side effects that exercise and being active has. And like for me, one that I often think about is when you lift weights, you actually increase your white blood cell count and that helps you have better immunity. And so you're hopefully kind of getting sick less or be able to fight off more. It's like and you can go down all these little rabbit trails of the side effects that health has, you know, that um, being active has. Absolutely. So, I mean, health goals, both weight, strength, flexibility, they have to be part of my goals every year because I know that if I let that go, if I don't give intentionality to that, it will sabotage yeah. all of my other important goals. The next one I've got is a balance. It's learn not to procrastinate, but avoid being a responsible holic. <laughs> How's that for a word? Yeah. Don't look that one up. Okay, repeat it again, though. This is a good one. Learn not to procrastinate, but avoid being a responsible holic. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people think being young, not going up, is about being irresponsible, freewheeling, not having any burdens. But if your concept of being young is procrastinating, all that is is really stuck. Mm. You know, when you procrastinate, you're stuck. So you have to find this balance between doing the things that are important to do as an adult, doing the things that you are responsible for in your job and in your family, but not being defined by those not having that become your entire persona. That's what I think of when I think of a responsible aholic. Yeah. And I know that I can so easily become that way where I'm always doing checklists. Uh -huh. I'm always meeting all of the responsibilities and that becomes overwhelming and controlling of me. So I have to find that balance between, you know, doing the things I need to do that are part of growing as an adult without just becoming old. Yeah. I just think this is such a good one. I, there's just, it's something I want to sit and think about more and come back to, you know, because I'm, I'm like you, I would tend to really get stuck in that responsible holic place if I'm not kind of keeping an eye on it. And, you know, there's something really freeing about doing enough of that and being able to kind of turn it off or go to different places. Another way of thinking about it, and this taking another step, is being childlike without being childish. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh -huh. someone who's irresponsible is childish. That's not appealing to anybody. Mm -hmm. But being childlike is, is so pleasant yeah. to be around. And that's this balance between, you know, allowing procrastination to control us right but not going to the other end of the spectrum of just always being ruled by being responsible i mean honestly i think one practical thing around this is i've always been shocked how many people i've met who don't have any way of remembering the things they said they do or that they're talking about doing it's like have some way you know like i use an app where i do this but however you do it have a place you can put it and log it for later. You know, it's it's like a it's a physical way of taking something out of my head, 
putting it there, but also knowing that I won't forget or dropping the ball with somebody who's expecting me to get back to them. Exactly. It's you, you and I have talked about this tons of times. It's, it's why I'm such a fanatic about productivity and about systems, because that's necessary in order to create the space to be able to enjoy and do the important things. It's not so that you can just do more. That's the worst reason yeah. for doing it. <laughs> it's so that you can be freed up and not be cluttered by trying to remember all the things that if it's just in your head, you'd forget. Yeah. All right. Well, what's the next one? Again, real basic and obvious, but it's smile, laugh, and find joy every day. And this, where this one really stood out for me was in our long, dark season when my daughter was fighting cancer. We had to have, with great intentionality, that goal in the front of our mind of finding joy every day. Mm -hmm. Because if we didn't do that, life would go in, a, in an utterly different direction. And we all go through seasons that are like that, or that are incredibly demanding, that are incredibly busy. And so even just having that small reminder, as obvious as it is, to smile and to laugh and to find joy, to watch SNL, right. you know, to do things like that, it's important. It does keep us young, but we can actually forget to do that. Well, you and I had a client once where we talked about this and actually helped them craft a plan for every week how they were going to think about what's something fun I could do this week intentionally. And it was kind of amazing to see the results because it's it, you're right, it sounds silly, but this person was definitely in a phase where they needed to kind of schedule it in or it would never happen. Right. And there's also that element of guilt and kind of the whole mental game that goes with it where you're right, especially in a time of grieving, it can you can almost feel bad or guilty about doing anything fun or smiling or laughing. Well, and think about it in, in the, the days that we're in now with COVID all around and with the racial unrest and everything going on. It would be really easy to to not smile, to not laugh, to not find joy, to even feel guilty if you were doing that. But how even more important is it in our day and time right now when we may be overloaded with stress and with fears to consciously insert that? Yeah. And we can we can say all day long we shouldn't need to do that, but we do need to do that. We do. And to know that it is okay to both take things seriously and laugh and have fun. And I think one thing I've found also in a time of deep grieving in our family, we had to actually put this out on the table and kind of call the elephant in the room. And I can remember some times where we just had the conversation about, okay, it feels really weird to laugh about stuff. And then like, Ah, you know, everyone exactly. kind of like, yes, I've been feeling that too. And something about having that conversation openly freed us up to then feel okay when there was a funny joke or when we wanted to do something fun. Absolutely. Here's another way that kind of ties into our number eight is finding little creative moments. And, you know, I have the <laughs> curse and blessing right now of a little kid. It just kind of forces that into your life every day. But I've found it can be so cool lately. Like just the other day, my daughter, Lucy, who, you yeah. know, is four and a half. She's <laughs> kind of always got some antics going on. 
and she had built this little Lego slide where the guys slid into a pool, quote unquote. It was like a Tupperware full of water, way too full, <laughs> you know, like way to the top, splashing all over the carpet. And my gut instinct, like you're saying, was was to be an old, you know, kind of grouchy person about it and try to stop her and take some of the water out and don't splash. You're going to ruin stuff and like just kind of wreck the whole thing. You know, yeah. that was my gut instinct. Yeah. And had that moment of stopping myself and thinking about, you know, this is actually a moment for joy and laughter. And like, who cares if there's water on the carpet? It'll dry, you know. And I think that type of just calm down, Steve, <laughs> like have fun for a second. Well, and it's part of this whole thing that is as much as sad as it is, we have to push against that getting old and acting old, you know, and, and what you're talking about is just like right on the money. It's uh, yeah. So talk about number eight, because it's kind of similar to that. Yeah. So number eight is to always be planning an adventure. Uh -huh. You know, if we don't somewhere on the reasonable horizon have something that excites us, something that's an adventure, we're we're missing out. I mean, the time's going to come when we are older and that that we can't do these things. And then we're going to look back and go, well, is this how I spent my last 10, 20, 30 years? So I like to have in my mind always something that I'm looking forward to doing. You know, it can be a month out or two months out. I like to not have it more than, you know, a few months out, but something that I'm really looking forward to that's exciting and fun. Yeah. Beyond just relaxing. Uh -huh. Relaxing is important, hugely important, but that's exciting and fun. It's a good call out that it's not just about vacations where you're sitting by the pool or on the beach, which can be great stuff as well. But it ties into number nine, which is crave curiosity. Yeah, I, I love and kind of certainly have a very high value of always being a learner. And I, I love the identity that I have of being uh, relatively technologically savvy <laughs> uh, because so many people think that by the time you get to my age, you you no longer know how to to log on to the internet or, <laughs> or things like that. And so I love the idea of being kind of on the cutting edge of yeah. new things going on. It's part of curiosity and it's part of the books that I read and the things that I do because there's uh, a youthening that happens as you embrace that curiosity and con constantly push those, push that en envelope. Yeah. Well, I think this ties to something that we talked about around like keep your eyes open for when there's something that maybe you want to do or sounds like an exciting idea, but you instantly shut yourself down and you box yourself in. You're like, well, that's not realistic. That was just like a fun thing to think about and try to actually challenge yourself like, no, do it. Yeah. You know, I had this the other day, a simple thing with just like writing someone a note who it, it was at the drive through to get a coffee in the morning. This person kind of like made me laugh first thing in the morning, went the extra step to actually say something right. that put a smile on my face to start the day. And I'm like, I drove away thinking he's he's seeing like hundreds of people today. He didn't need to do that. You know, he could have just handed it to me and said the thing he's supposed to say. And so, you know, my thought was like, oh, that'd be so cool to like write him a note or something now. You know, and then instantly it's like, oh, well, that was a cool thought. Never mind. Keep going. 
and stop and be like, yeah, but what if I actually did that? What if I was just kind of like turn things into a little more of an adventure? Well, and these are things that you can see that that these various ideas overlap with one another. Mm -hmm. And they're they're what creates the best of life that you can end up doing something like that. And that's what you remember about the day. You don't remember the five things that you checked off on your list. That's what you remember. Right. And maybe you remember it for months or even years. Right. That you did something like this. This is what life should be about. Yeah. Live in a way that there's a story to tell. It's a great mindset. Yeah. Okay. Number 10, Tommy, you are infamous for this one because you're always reminding me of this and helping me to live this one. So uh, why don't you share it? Yeah. Number 10 is never forget that people make life rich, not money. You know, money is great. It serves a purpose. But the further down the road you get, the more you realize that people is what it's all about. It's great if the money comes along with it, but that's not where happiness is found. Happiness is found in relationships, relationships with people that are very close to you, that are healthy, strong relationships, and the opportunity to have an impact in people's lives in your various circles. That's where life is found. And and our culture does not measure success that way. Mm-hmm. It measures success by tangible numbers, usually by bank accounts and by achievements and things like that. So early on, this conviction has only grown with the years that I can now say later in the years that it, it's even that much more important than what I believed when I was in my 30s. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so begin to live that value now. Become convinced of it and live into it. And that in and of itself will keep you young. Yeah, that's great. You've challenged me big time on that one to the point where I'm in a stage of life where it feels like everything is fighting against having friendships. There's yes. just no time. There's no, we all are in different places. And I'm just really fighting to actually put some energy toward making it happen, even just a little bit, keep that that flame alive. Well, and if you don't do it in your 20s, 30s, 40s, we get to your 50s and 60s and it's it's going to feel like too big a barrier and you won't be able to do it yeah. at that point. All right, number 11, and we'll kind of hit the last two pretty quickly here, but this one is just be an eternal optimist. It's a choice. I, I hate to, to say it because we we label people as optimist or pessimist <laughs> or realist uh-huh. as if it's the way they're wired and there's no alternative than being who you are. You're either an optimist or a pessimist, but it's also a choice. It's a choice to say, I I don't want to be depressed. <laughs> I don't want to be negative about the things going on. And so I'm going to find hope. and I'm going to choose optimism in the midst of life circumstance. It becomes a, a mental discipline. Mm-hmm. And uh, it may not be easy. You may feel like your internal wiring goes against that. But it doesn't mean that you can't push that envelope from wherever it is to something on the other side, on the more optimistic side. Right, right. There's always a choice in it. Yeah. 
All right, and number 12 is probably the easiest one here and the easiest one to forget. Exactly. And it's get outside. Get outside. Get outside. You know, I've, we've all learned this in the COVID quarantine. Ex- Hopefully we've learned it. Some people haven't had as much opportunity to get outside, but so we have to keep on reminding ourselves. I went out with uh with my son this past weekend and we played a round of golf together. And I got to the first tee and it was like my whole demeanor just relaxed. It was it's so good to be outside. It was even a really hot, humid day, (laughs) but it didn't matter. It was just, I'm so glad to be out of the air conditioning and and into some fresh air. And so it's part of those life-giving things. And the life-giving things make us young Mm -hmm. and keep us from prematurely getting old. I love it. And tie it with what we said earlier around adventure and curiosity. I was thinking yesterday, we also kind of took a moment right after work and before dinner as a family just went out in the yard, took the hose and we're just like watering the lawn, the dead brown lawn with the hose. Exactly. And, you know, because Lucy's young, she thought that was just like the coolest thing to be able to be the one spraying. And it just, I forgot about the chores for a few minutes, you know, the the chores weren't in my line of sight everywhere around the house. But, but I thought later when the sun was setting, there's a lot of trees in our yard and we can't see the sunset. And I thought, you know, we should make an intention once in a while to go somewhere where we can see the sunset in the evening. I know people have talked about around lakes or in desert areas. There's something that really that does really help physically about being able to see long distances, you know. Oh, And so be adventurous yeah. and get outside in different places, too, and try a new setting like that. I think I, I hadn't thought of that as a, a bullet point around kind of staying young. And I think that's actually maybe one of the best ones on this list that you could do all the time. Well, so if if we were to kind of take it from here and say, so what's the takeaway from this? I, I think I could give people two choices of takeaways. Some people might be best off by taking this list and saying, I'm going to pick one and truly implement in my life. And that's the best way of doing this is there's one that stands out. I'm going to make that a reality. That would be a great takeaway. The other alternative is to uh, print out this list and put this list in a place that you remind yourself, you know, of this regularly, because all of these things are probably things we need to constantly remind ourselves. So this might be one of those rare times where looking at a list and going over this might be, it might spark different things at different times. So whether you take the entire list and say, this is something I want to keep fresh in front of me, or you take one, do something with these. Make make it practical in there's tons of practical in here, but do one of these do practical something. Things. Yeah, do that's something. always the step. It seems yeah. obvious, and we skip it. Yeah, just because you listen to this podcast doesn't mean you've done the thing. <laughs> you gotta go do the thing. So we'll provide this list in the show notes for anyone who wants to take that second tip and print it out. Absolutely. Want more great content just like this, but twenty four seven? Check out our membership, the Greenhouse Method. It's an online course with built-in community and coaching made just for you to figure out what's next in your life, your leadership, career, or business. 
visit greenhouseculture.co, that's .co, or the link is in the show notes to learn more. <laughs>